Welcome to the Payroll Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner and my partner in crime here, Nina Scott. Hey, Nina. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Working on my second cup of coffee. Looking forward to a good day. A problem-free day. That's that's my goal. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to talk about problems. Um, you know, no payroll is perfect. No payroll department is perfect. Stuff's going to happen. And, you know, the thing with payroll is when stuff happens, it can have a real material impact on people. You know, if we get their pay wrong, if we get their hours wrong, if we get the benefit calculations wrong or the taxes wrong. And, you know, hopefully we never have problems with actually, you know, delivering the net pay to the bank. But there's so many things happening in, in payroll that can go wrong. Eventually it's going to go wrong. Um, it happens to the best of us. And we're here today to talk about, well, how, how do we handle those things when they come up? Um, you know, they will come up. And so what are some of our, <laughs> both, both of you and I have, have learned uh, apart and together on how to handle some of these things. And, um, you know, I don't know that there's actually, uh, you know, there's probably some good practices here and some of it's going to depend on your own company, but um, I think there are some definite sort of uh, milestones or touchstones that you should do uh, in every company when you're handling problems like this. Uh, and, and, you know, so we're here to share that. Um, so, Let's talk about like just a sort of a scenario for, um, you know, let's say that you're running your payroll and you've finished your payroll and you learned that a bonus file didn't come in. You had expected it to come in you know, it was going to pay bonuses, but it didn't. And now you found out about it for whatever reason. And so you have a lot of people in payroll who expected that bonus, but now they're not going to get it. Um, that's the sort of problems we're talking about. I think, you know, one employee at a time problems is not so much what we're talking about. We're talking about some of these bigger things that have a big impact. So let's say that that happened, Nina. What would be some of the first things that you would do? Or what are some of the principles that, that you practice when things like that happen? Okay, so Steve, um, you know, for me, I kind of have an approach to this. Um, for me, the first step is, you know, depending on how big it is, okay, you need to determine how big a problem it is, yep. how big of a kind of a SWAT team do I need to get on this issue, okay? Um, but you need to figure out who is then, first of all, to your point, who is solving this? You know, we had talked about this earlier, um, where who's your point person, okay? And uh, the first thing you need to do is you need to um, make the employee whole. So what does that mean? Determining, do I need to cut them an off-cycle check? Do I need to, um, you know, just it's going to be the next payroll? Do I need right. to cover something that would have been covered instead? Um, you know, whatever the thing is that would have happened, you want to make the employee whole first. Okay. Not necessarily looking to solve the problem, right? The underlying okay. problem, but how do I make the employee whole? Correct. How that's do I a, make the employee whole? And that's a that's an important distinction here, right? Because when something like this happens, we can get really focused on well, what went wrong and let's go fix it. That may or may not be the same as what do we need to do to make the employee whole? 
And you also have to be very cognizant of what you're doing to make the employee whole, because when you do fix it, will it repay the employee? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have to be cognizant and mindful about what methodology you're using to make that employee whole. Because when the day is done, they want that money in their pocket. They were counting, yep. most of the time they're counting on it. Or if they got overpaid, you want to get that money back before they spend it, you know, so you're going to have to address it. Um, so first of all, make the employee whole. The second thing is fix what broke. Okay, now, if you stop at that first step, making the employee whole, you're guaranteed to have the same problem again in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, how many organizations do you walk into, Steve, that they're like, yeah, we have this problem all the time. Well, okay, what do you do about it? Well, we've cut them an off cycle check. Well, that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> all that did was, um, was make the employee whole, step one. Okay, so yeah. step two is fixing the problem. Was there an integration problem? Was there an error log that wasn't reviewed? Like, you know, what what happened? Fix the problem and get the file and get it loaded, right. okay? Right. Um, the third step is root cause why it happened, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so maybe where we paid the employee the bonus in step one. Step two is we finally got the file and we loaded it, but like, why didn't we get the file in the first place? Well, mm -hmm. the timing of the bonus people was wrong. Was there an error in the file and the error log wasn't produced or there wasn't even an error log? Um, right, what happened? Was it loaded and no control total balances were validated? You know, what was the issue, okay? And root cause and fix that issue, okay? Now, the piece, that's step three, okay? Step four, which is, a piece I don't see very many organizations um, do. And in this example, we're talking about missing a bonus file, okay? Let's say the issue was there was no error log and there was no communication that said, you know, we were expecting to receive this scheduled file on blah, 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 blah time. We didn't receive it or it didn't load or whatever, okay? And that automatically got spit out, okay? That error log. Well. Let's say we didn't create an error log. Well, step four says compare that root cause analysis to someplace else in your organization. So the missing of an error log now just don't apply it to just that one integration, but apply it to every integration mm -hmm. and make sure that same sort of uh, control is in place across the organization. That's where you take it from preventing the issue in the future to being proactive across mm -hmm. other areas that can learn from that lesson. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yep. I think that that four steps are kind of what I usually use in my head um, mm -hmm. when I'm addressing a, a problem. You mean you have a checklist? <laughs> I do in my head. You know, <laughs> You're the queen of checklists. Um, yeah, it's true though, but it's a good thing. So I, I agree with all that. I think it's all really important. Um, what I want to add on to that is that it's really important to have good communication uh, around issues like this. So what I like to see is to have sort of a problem manager, right? So you have one person 
who is sort of the hub of communication. And if someone wants to know something about the problem, they come to this person. If we have something to communicate about this problem, we have this person uh, initiate those communications. Um, because things can get really tense and they can get really stressful um, and confusing at the same time because you know you're still you're learning about what happened and it takes a while to understand it and it has a lot of priority and visibility so things can get really tense and confusing on situations like this so it's good to have someone like a, a problem manager maybe if that's a payroll manager maybe it's someone else who is <clears throat> the go-to source for this and um and nina we've seen this before where you have people going around that person and they get bad or incomplete information and then communicate that or make actions on it and then it makes everything worse right so put get a problem manager in place and say okay this is the person you go to for information this is the person who gives information um, that also frees up your technical team or your payroll analyst to really focus on the problem right because if they have other people coming to them saying what's going on what's going on <laughs> then that gets in the way of them fixing the issue. Um, and, and effective communication to leadership is really critical and effective communication to the employees impacted is very critical. And you don't want employees to be getting mixed communications on this um, through informal channels and then maybe a couple of different types of formal communications. It's just really important because if you don't do that, you know, a problem that might be fairly small and manageable can really just blow up and create all sorts of, of problems. So a few things. I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, it's really important to have that problem manager, press secretary, or what do you want to call them? Yeah. <laughs> to to handle the communications. But it also needs to be agreed up front before the problem yeah. even occurs that that is the way that this works because you know you hit on a point there about leadership then answer shopping no 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 no, yeah. no. they need to respect the process and sometimes yeah. they're even worse than the employee population okay yeah, um, exactly <laughs> communicate to the employee population and we want to communicate the appropriate message because sometimes we don't go, well, you know, that guy was drinking on the job. No, that's not the message I'm going to give to the employee. Right. Right. Okay. I'm going to give a, a controlled, appropriate message. Um, I may give a slightly different message to them. It's not that it's an incorrect message, but a different component to the message. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you definitely want to be making sure that it is funneled through the right place. Another thing I want to highlight about what you just said is it is important. And I think I've learned this the, the hard way or the wrong way. I've done it wrong. And then I've learned from it is that sometimes reaching out and saying, I know there's a problem to your major stakeholder network. If you're a large organization, it might be your HRBP type people where you say, hey, we've identified a root cause problem, okay? Mm -hmm. you know, cause, you know, a big, a big issue. We are working on it. I will communicate to you again in six hours, 
okay or whatever yep. number of time and and so what you're doing is you're kind of letting them be your floodgates saying mm -hmm. hey can you get to your community you know your any questions they should funnel into you and then i'll come back to you because one that'll free your team up from the the onslaught because yeah time you know because you'll get like all these tickets and questions and blah, blah blah and um so using them to your advantage okay so one it helps you and frees you up but two i think you end up getting a lot of respect from your stakeholders sure because you reached out to them you haven't hid the problem you said i know there's a problem i may not know the answer yet but i know there's a problem uh -huh. okay and so you put them in as you kind of like bring them into your team and they feel vested in the problem okay yeah. they feel a part of it they don't feel like they're going to turn on and say that dang payroll again you know they're part of this and they're mm -hmm. waiting for the message and they'll help communicate the message and you know that sort of thing so really being proactive sometimes radio silence is not good and I think I've learned that the hard way and I had to dig myself back out from that. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important. I also really think that you're going to you're going to have to realize you may have to communicate way more than you think you're going to. Mm -hmm. OK, um, so there's a few other things I want to talk about, but um, but one point I want to say for sure is don't get emotional okay sure yeah <laughs> they suck and it it feels bad as a payroll manager it feels like it's all coming down on you and i don't know why you didn't control the masses and that you know obviously i didn't couldn't control the mainframe server i couldn't control <laughs> you know who knows what i couldn't control right but you need to stay calm, cool, and collected, okay? And if anything, you need to keep the atmosphere a little light. You know, not that I'm saying make fun of the issue, but sometimes releasing that energy is important, laughing a little bit. Yeah, okay? that's true, yeah. Um, but for a few reasons. One is the people trying to solve it may have caused it, and you need to relieve their tension. Because if they stay bottled up, you'll have you'll have a spaghetti issue that may keep escalating on you because they feel they're under the microscope. Okay, um, and then two, the blame game gets you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But boy, do we really like to go to the blame game sometimes, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. And it 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 depends on the company culture too. I, I've seen some companies are. Uh, more into the blame game than others, but uh, there's there will, there's plenty of time after the problem is fixed to talk about blame, right? I think as a as a leader, as a payroll leader, when things like this happen, you really need to protect your payroll analysts and your IT analysts who are focusing on figuring out the problem and fixing the problem, so that you can get that done. I think it's you know your job as a payroll leader to protect your people um, so that they can get it done. Um, protect them from the blame, protect them from intrusive communications, right? We talked about that before. And like you said, you know, lighten it up a little bit, 
let them know that, hey, yeah, okay, well, maybe you missed this, but we'll figure that out later. But let's just focus on what we have to do to solve this now and take the pressure off them because um, I guarantee that they already have a lot of pressure on themselves. And, mm -hmm. you know, people who work in payroll, what I've found 99 out of 100 times, they are really invested in making sure that they do the correct thing because and doing the correct thing, paying people correctly, that's what they're all about. And so when something like this happens, you don't need to go and be the heavy on them because they know it, they're going to fix it. What you need to do is protect them from people outside your payroll team, your payroll group who um, maybe are a little emotional, like you were saying, um, maybe want to, you know, start playing the blame game uh, too early. Uh, I, I just really think that that's important. I've been on both sides of this and, um, you know, protect your payroll people so that they can get the work done. Yep. Um, and a few other things about communication here. Um, one thing is starting to identify the problem. So, you know, usually these things don't come in all at once. They come in with a trickle. Mm -hmm. okay. And you have to put together, no, okay, it wasn't just Bob that didn't get paid. Oh, wait, now I'm hearing it's Mary who didn't get paid. Wait a second, now I'm hearing, okay, now yeah. I got a trend. So it's, you need to have a mechanism in place to quickly identify that trend. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you won't know the problem, that there's a problem until you start getting employee feedback, right? Right, right. And so you need to be able to determine that there's a trend relatively quickly. So you need to have a mechanism in place that either is topical or how do you accumulate that or how do you, you know, you have a, a call center and that, you know, escalates to tier two. Um, what do you do? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and so I really encourage you to hone that part of it as well, because the quicker you start to identify that there's a problem, the quicker you can solve it. Okay, mm -hmm. and the quicker you get ahead of the communication issue. Okay, yep. so so having that mechanism to triage is extremely important. Yeah, yeah, and I, I call that mechanism curiosity. Um, you know, when someone gets a problem. Joe didn't get his bonus. Okay, well, we can give Joe his bonus through an off-cycle check right now, but why didn't Joe get his bonus? What happened? Okay, well, it wasn't entered. Well, why was it not entered? Start pulling on the string and see where it takes you. Um, that's the type of people you need in that position in your payroll team, I think. Uh, people who are curious about why did this happen um, so that you can determine just really what the scope is, right? Because if all you're doing is issuing an off-cycle check because Joe didn't get his bonus, okay, Joe's okay, but what about the, you know, the hundred other people who didn't get their bonus but haven't noticed it yet? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, that curiosity is a really good trait to have in your payroll analysts and your payroll team. Mm -hmm. But I think also in, in addition to that is not just pushing aside tickets and saying, I'll deal with it later. You know, having yeah. a mechanism that's continuously having you keep an eye or at least kind of review them quick enough to make sure there's not a hot fire in there, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, 
uh, what, depending on where you are in your cycle and what's going on and everything like that. But that's really important. And also setting an expectation with your team about what is your turnaround time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm working on a project right now and, and it has nothing to do with payroll, but I'm working on a project right now and I got my response back in 30 days. And the response was, look here. <laughs> look here could have happened in five minutes. Yeah. So taking 30 days to give that response yep. really frustrates the customer. In this case, I was the customer sure. end user of, the, of this, this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really that response time is really important. And again, response time in communication. If something is going to take five days to research, because sometimes it does, you know, I got to put a spreadsheet together, I got to analyze it, I've got to figure all this stuff out. The communication should be then, I need to do some analysis. It's going to take me five days. I will get back to you. Most people will understand that and be actually appreciative that you reached out to them. But by God, make that five days. Don't miss it. Okay. So, so that, that proactiveness, it, it helps a lot to de-escalate issues. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to go back, Nina, to one thing that you said earlier, which I think is really important where you said, uh, once you figure out what the solution is, um, apply that to the rest of your landscape, your organization, your department, you know, wherever it applies. I think that's really important, um, but how you apply that, I think, makes a difference too. So, go back to the example of 100 people didn't get their bonus, but they should have. And it's because someone didn't send a file in time and you didn't notice it and they didn't say anything, whatever. Um, so whatever fix you put in place for that, short term, you might put that on your payroll checklist, right? And say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And this is going to be on our payroll checklist. Um, and that's good. That's good. You need to have that. But if you keep doing that and not addressing maybe some of the technical system changes you can make to enforce that, then your payroll checklist gets to be really big and long over time. And you're doing so much manually that um, you're just spending a lot of extra time to do things that maybe could be automated, right? So come back around and look at how you can automate these sorts of things. now. There's a lot of fancy software out there that you can uh, get that will tell you that, you know, on this payroll, you should have expected a bonus file and you didn't get one, right? Um, And there's other things you can do with how you build your integrations to show you errors and to alert people to those errors more forcefully than just spitting out a report. Um, There are things you can do technically, and this is, um, you know, and it's evolving, it's getting more and more functional every year. So I really, you know, would encourage people to, you know, put the mitigations, I guess, on your checklist so that you can handle them because you can you can respond to things manually through your checklist. You can do that. You can implement that faster sometimes than making a system change. But don't ignore that system change. Um, put the system change in however you have to put it in because, um, well, one of the things that you 
when when you're structuring your payroll department is you want to structure it so that you can scale based on automation, right? So that if your company goes from 5,000 to 10,000 employees, like some did <laughs> during COVID, um, you know, some of these companies just, they, they exploded. They hired all sorts of people because the economy changed. Um, or if you downscale, same thing. You want to be able to scale your payroll department without having to go find a bunch of payroll analysts or lay off a bunch of payroll analysts. And the way you do that is by uh, leveraging your, your technology. And I think, so just remember that. Yeah, and I think we've talked before about that exercise that you do once, twice a year, where you mm -hmm. kind of really look at all your processes and make your technical wish list. Right. To, you know, and make more, you know, help mature your your process. Um, I think that's really important. Um, is again going back over those manual processes that we're doing and asking that automation question, could we automate this? And you may not know the answer, but you should have your techie dudes sitting right there when you're asking them, right? You should be saying, could we automate this? And you not as the payroll person, answer the question. Because a lot of times the answer is no, it can't be done. It can't be done. Well, maybe you can't. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe you can't do it. But other people might be able to make that happen. I'm pretty sure my technical skills are nowhere near where they need to be. I can make Excel <laughs> sing, but I'm not going to be able to program or even know what software is out there and what, you know, systems are capable of. I rely on, you know, bigger brains and more intelligent people to help support me with that. Mm -hmm. But can they identify that there's a need? Yes. Can mm -hmm. the technical person identify that there's need? Not always, they might not be close enough to it, right? Mm -hmm. The partnership together and being open-minded enough to identify those areas where you can get better and not feel threatened. Because, you know, we've talked about this before because the answer is, well, there's not, where my job? I'm not gonna have a job. Yeah. If, if get rid of this, right? Yeah. Always something. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so we've, we've talked about a lot here, and I think that, you know, you don't, payroll managers are often the point people for things like this. I don't think that you have to wait until a crisis happens to put some of these things in place. I think that you can, uh, you can put a plan together, right? You can put a, a structure together for how you think these things should be handled, review it with your payroll team, review it with your leadership, in HR and benefits and, and maybe the retirement uh, group, um, however your company is structured, review it with them and say, okay, this is how we're gonna handle payroll emergencies, I suppose you would call it. Um, and you, know, you can put that in place now and sort of socialize that through your company um, so you can be ready for it. So don't have to wait, you can do some of these things in advance, um, you know, especially, taking your, your leadership through this plan will be a, a big benefit, I think, because whenever something like this does happen, they're gonna know, oh yeah, Nina reviewed that with me. She said that this is how it's gonna happen. And so that's what we're gonna do. Um, so you can be proactive about it too. And, and that's really important because a lot of times payroll people or payroll departments 
are managed by people that may not have experienced apparel. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've been on very big implementations and various implementations, and I've had leadership freak out about something. And I'm like, dude, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to be also the person that keeps that under control. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're freaking out over that, like I've seen people go, we're going to wire everybody their money. Wait, what? time out. Uh, really? <laughs> time out. Do you know the complications you just created where I can issue an off cycle check and overnight it? Just give me a few more hours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and, and the other thing is, don't be afraid to ask the employee, can it wait to the next payroll? Because nine yeah. and the employee will go, okay. You know, all right. not always, not always, but yeah. you may save yourself a lot of work too. So, you know, I think, you know, kind of keeping these in keeping life into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you touched on something there, Nina, it's, it's, you know, being in payroll for as long as we have been, some of these things that would set other people off were just sort of like, okay, yeah, here's how we're going to handle it. This is what we do. And it's because we've been through it so many times. And I have to remind myself and people that work with me, a lot of the people we're working with don't have the same experience. And so they are going to freak out over things that maybe we wouldn't freak out about. Um, and, and that's okay because, you know, this is new to them. And part of our job is to educate people um, on how these things happen and how they roll out, which again comes back to the, you know, to your plan, making a plan. Here's how, you know, here's the guidelines for how we're going to handle these sorts of issues. And you educate people up front so that when it does happen, because it will happen, so that when it does happen, it's not going to be as, as difficult to, to manage the freak out factor is what I call it. Yeah. Yeah, we get hardened over time. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? My memoirs, Steve, my memoirs. <laughs> oh, memoir. Yes. Yeah. All right. This has been uh, this has been good. I hope the listeners have found some value in it. You know, give us your feedback on LinkedIn. Let us know if you like it, you don't like it. Um, I don't know how you could not like this. I mean, this is just this is good stuff. Um, and if you have topics you want to you want to have us dig into in the future, let us know that too. You know, we're payroll geeks. We love to talk about this sort of stuff. All right. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Steve.